you stand up. We're going to go to, uh, we're in this Take the Land series, but we're going to stand and read the word. We don't do that every week, but we're going to do it this week, if you could. And it's Joshua 3, 1, and here's what it says. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, and all the people of Israel lodged there before they passed over. God, I pray that you would anoint the word today. God, you'd challenge us, you'd change us, and God, we'd look more like you. God, we would go to our promise today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So we're in this Take the Land series. <laughs> you may be seated. We've had a lot of fun in this series and what God's done, and we talked about serving, and, and we talked about getting caught in the middle, and we've talked about a lot of different stuff, and uh, the, the Israelites in this setting of scripture, they're almost to the place of, of the promise. Like they're just before the Jordan. They're going to be walking into everything uh, that God has for them. They're stepping into the promised land. Um, they had won some wars. They come to this place called Shittim, and it was a very comfortable, comfortable, uh, comfortable place. Now, it was right before the Jordan River. Again, this is the last stop before they took the land. So I need your help today. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them my sermon title. Tell them it's time to get out of Shittim. Come on, somebody. Now, look at your other neighbor and say, you smell it. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That was a joke. <laughs> Woo, we're that church y'all come on come on I've been I shared some of this at church camp and I've been excited when I preached it at camp I thought I can't wait to tell a bunch of people at the church it's time to leave shit them behind come on somebody we're going into our promised land amen you can laugh it's true it's true. Amen. Uh, so there's a lot going on here, and I'm not going to try to go into all the historical, but we're going to touch some of it. Uh, the very first line in this, it says, then Joshua rose early. Now, I, when every time the word says rose early, y'all, it jumps out at me, because I think it's so important um, uh, that this little phrase gets up earlier, rose earlier, arose earlier, rises early, is so important, because I don't like to get up early. Come on, somebody. Like, I remember those days when I got up at stupid 30, okay? Uh, David said it like this. David said, early in the morning will I seek thee. Now, how many of y'all know for some of y'all that's like 4 in the morning? Good for you. But for some of y'all, it's like 1030 because you work in the afternoon. Come on, somebody. That's okay. What David is saying here is it's so important that when you get up in the day that you're not, when, as you wake up, you're not focusing on you. Come on, somebody. That the purpose of your day is understanding there's someone greater than you. He is greater than me. And as we get up, we're saying I'm not, it's not about my ideas. It's not about my plan. It's not about my personality. It's not about my dreams and desires. But God, I am focusing on you today. You are the object of my pursuit. Matter of fact, in uh, in Samuel, there's a story of David, and, and some stuff happens with this this girl named Abigail, and her husband messes up, and and she's trying to get it right with God. And it says, early she got up, early she rose, and early she saddled her donkey, and early she set out uh, with some goods to go meet David. Again, it's saying, man, I'm not wasting time when I got to get things right with God. Come on, somebody. And there's the story of Abraham. Abraham, uh, he has to sacrifice his son. And now this one gets me, y'all, because I love my kids. Abraham. It says he got up early and put his boy on the donkey. Man, that would be a challenge for me. Like, like that would be tough. And what God's saying is, in, in this setting of scripture, even Joshua rose early, and we say this all the time. It's saying delayed obedience. You know it. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Let me give you an example. Any, any parents in the house? Now, when my kids, if I say, "All right, y'all, clean the if you, you clean the clean your room today, or you're gonna be grounded." And I go in their room like I do every time we have this conversation. And it's filthy. What do they say? I'll do it right now. 
Dad, no, I don't, I don't want to get grounded. Dad, no, no, no. Dad, I'll, 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 I'll pay you money. Come on, somebody, they ain't got enough money. I gave them their money. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm just getting back what I gave them. The money I gave them was allowance for cleaning their room. Come on, somebody, you can't pay it back like that. Dad, no, I'll do it tomorrow. And I'm like, that's fine. You're going to do it tomorrow. But you grounded anyhow. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Because delayed obedience is always disobedience. There's never a place that delayed obedience is okay. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And I begin to think about this. And, and maybe you're here. And maybe it's not a get up early. But maybe some stuff has happened in your life. And it's caused you to hit pause in your faith walk. It's caused you to push away from the spiritual table and say, God, I've been through so much. These things happened to me. I don't know that I can go any further. Maybe to you today, I'm not saying get up. Maybe to you today, I'm saying get back up. Come on, somebody. It's okay from time to time if life knocks you down, but refuse to stay down. Amen. It's okay if things happen and they hurt and they cause you to go, oh God, I don't know if I can keep going. There's times that that happens, but don't stay down. Get back up. Come on, somebody. Get back up. Push play. Push play. And look what it says next. It says they set out from Shittim. They set out from this place called Shittim. Notice they took the first step. Now, here's the truth in our life, guys. Here's the reality for a lot of us. We feel, we've bought into this lie that faith is a feeling. Come on, somebody. It was, you could have amen me there. No, it's too late. It's too late. No, uh -uh, that was delayed obedience, Sean. Come on, somebody. Like we've bought into this lie, guys, that, 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 that faith is a feeling. And what happens is we say, well, you know, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it today. Come on, somebody. Like, like can I tell you, there's lots of times I don't feel it. What if, what if I felt like punching you in the face? In the face. <laughs> I need to punch some of your faith today. Come on, somebody. What if I felt like punching you right in the face? But if faith is a feeling and I felt it, it would only be operating in faith to punch you in the face. That's ludicrous, am I right? Because the truth is, feeling and faith, opposite, go complete, they're completely opposite. They go in completely different directions. Most of the time, guys, the word says we walk by faith, not by sight or feeling. See, I love this setting of scripture because they're in this comfortable place called Shittim, right? Life is good. They fought wars. They're, 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 they're comfortable right now. And Joshua says, okay, time to get up. Let's go. And they're like, are you kidding me? Are you ki We're always moving, Joshua. You keep saying the next step is the last step, but we always moving. Anybody been there? God, are you kidding me? Another step. They're going, are you serious, Joshua? You keep saying. Matter of fact, when our daddy left Egypt, it was supposed to be the next step was the last step. But just like then, they, let, they, they got out of Egypt, but Egypt never got out of them. And there's some of us today that we're in this comfortable place called Shittim, and life is good, and life is easy, and God's calling you to Jericho, come on, to take the promised land, to inhabit the things he's called you to do. But you're afraid to leave what's easy and what's comfortable see faith isn't a feeling faith is a decision it's taking the first step when it doesn't make sense come on somebody it's taking the step when it doesn't make sense it's saying God I don't know why I'm doing this but I trust what you say not what I see I'm gonna step when I don't see it come on somebody I'm gonna have faith when I don't feel it amen he's saying it doesn't have to make sense but here's what I know God has called us to take the land and we've been in Shittim too long. We're, we're leaving today. 
He looked at his, he looked at the 12 tribes. He said, I know. And you know they were griping. You know they're like, no. And he's like, shut up. Didn't ask your opinion. I'm leading and we're leaving. And if you stay, y'all hear this, you're staying alone. And this is the problem with a lot of our faith walks. We're living this faith walk alone. Because we're not going where he's called us to go. Amen. We're not, we're not operating in faith the way he's called us to go. They set out. Now, here's what's fascinating. They leave. They set out, and they're marching, and they're probably singing like the song from the, the, the seven dwarves, hi-ho, hi-ho, to the promised land we go. Come on, somebody. And, and you've got all the dwarves there, and there's, they're sleepy because he didn't want to get up. And there's, there's Doc, the know-it-all. Come on, somebody. There's Goofy or, or what, what was his name? I don't know either, but nevertheless, they were all there. They're all griping. They, and as they're on their way, what do they come across? It said it in the scripture. They come to the Jordan River at flood stage, y'all. It wasn't even like it was a little creek. Like it's flooding over its borders, and I can hear them griping now. Are you kidding me, Joshua? We've got an impassable creek, river, on the way to an impenetrable city called Jericho. Joshua, you really miss the Lord here. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. But what is faith? It's a step. Faith is a step. Faith isn't going, okay, I believe when I get there. Faith is saying, I believe you said it, even though I don't see it. I trust you at your word. Matter of fact, I love the way I was listening to a preacher this week, and he was talking about Peter walking on water, and he said, I preached it wrong for a lot of years. For a lot of years, he said, I preached that Peter walked on water. He said, Peter never walked on water. Peter walked on the word. Come on, somebody. Peter walked on the word. So as I was thinking about this, and in this setting of scripture, they're saying, I can't get across. I can't get through. And the truth is, guys, faith is isn't a feeling amen it's a decision and we got to start stepping and there is always an obstacle on the way to go where God's called you to go there is always struggles there is always things that you have to get over come on somebody that'll preach to your past there's always things that you're going to have to get over to get where God's called you to go so can I help you today it's time to start stepping and as they stepped in faith they got in the middle of the Jordan River and the Bible says that the river held up in two heaps on either side and all Israel walked across on dry ground can I say to, can I can I propose to you today that your miracle is on the way but it's waiting on your step of obedience into faith so that you can inhabit the promise that God has called you inhabit. can we take five seconds and give God a shout of praise five four three two one always an obstacle you ever feel like that you ever been there you're like God it's always something None of you? Well, I'll give the altar call and I'll answer it then. Come on, somebody. I feel like it's always something. For real. Like, I, I, I sold a truck one time. And I sold a Jeep, I think. And I was buying the truck. <laughs> every other vehicle I've owned has been a Jeep. Come on, glory to God. That means every other decision I've made has been wrong when I sold the Jeep. Come on. <laughs> All the Jeep fans said amen. So, I sold this truck and... I had, I had enough money, or I sold this Jeep, and I had this money, money to buy a truck, and, and I was going to, like, put some wheels and tires on it, make it look real good. And uh, I, I got it bought, and I took it to the shop, and y'all know what happened? Everything went wrong. They're like, oh, yeah, this ain't going to pass. Matter of fact, you should have died on your way into town. <laughs> like, everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. Say everything. That's how I felt. And I was kind of bellyaching to God. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? I'm faithful. I tithe. I give. I don't have any money. 
y'all know what I mean. That's most of our, uh, most of our prayer time, huh? I'm going, God, it ain't fair. I'm talking to the Lord, you know, and the Lord was like, and I'm like, I'm like, God, I tied and it didn't work. I give and now I'm drunk. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, maybe you just had a, the wrong place for your money. He said, he said maybe, maybe I, I, I caused you to come out ahead in that Jeep deal so that you had enough surplus to fix the truck so that you could drive it daily. Maybe it wasn't about how it looked and maybe it was about how it ran. See, a lot of us are so focused on how we look. My God, I feel like preaching. On how we look. Do we look the part of faith? Do we look the part of a Christian? Do we look the part? And God's going, I don't care what you look like. I care what your heart's like. And I was like, oh my gosh. So my, 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 my pity turned to praise real fast. And that was the, that's a good line. Someone write that down. My pity turned to praise real fast. And I said, glory to God, thank you that what I, I had a different name on it, but you caused surplus and helped me to get the right name on it so that it could do what it needed to do. There's always an obstacle. But God has already, Peter says, made a way of escape. He's already made a way for you, right? So they're in this place called Shittim. I'm not cussing. That's what the Bible says. Shittim was a valley or a plain. It literally means acacia, acacia tree. There's a, there's a tree my wife likes, the flowering tree. I always forget. She told me last service and I forgot what it was. Anyone know what that flowering tree is? Mimosa. I remembered it. It's a mimosa. Now, she likes those mimosas. That's what an acacia tree is like a mimosa. It's a flowering tree. It's real pretty, real beautiful, right? So you've got these guys. They've wandered in the desert, and they've came to this place full of flowering trees called Shittim. They've came all the way to this place. To, it was almost like an oasis, man. It was beautiful. It was lush. There was water. Guys, they're out of the desert. They're out of the wilderness, into this beautiful flowering grove, right? Not only that, guys, but also they had just won two, two wars. So Shittim felt good to them um, because it was pretty and it was comfortable. And they had just won two wars, so Shittim was good for them. Now, here's the challenge in our faith walk. Just because it was good doesn't mean it's still God. Except for your marriage. Come on, somebody, stay <laughs> In life... Sometimes God brings people in our life, relationships, friendships. And like when they leave, we're going, God, no, don't send them. God, no, I'm, what am I going to do? And, and, and God's going, here's the problem, uh, son. Here's the problem, daughter. Just like Shittim was for the Israelites, I firmly believe it was on the way. It was part of the process to the promise, okay? Because as you're fighting wars, as you feel like you're wandering in the desert, God wants you to have moments of rest, moments of peace, moments where you can catch your breath, okay? Here's the problem. A lot of us try to live where he's called us to rest. And it may sound good until you talk to one person that's been, been bed sick and can't leave their bed. Now you just work 70 hours a week. You're like, that would be awesome. And it's probably great for a day and a half. Come on, somebody. See, they're trying to live in a place that God was going, no, this is for your rest. This is for your peace. This is for you to, to build some energy because you're going to cross an impassable river and you're going to penetrate an impenetrable force and you're going to inhabit the promise. You're going to kill the giants. You're going to take the land. So this place called Shittim that was comfortable, that looked good, that felt good, that was good, 
was no longer God. Oof. I'm reading this and my heart is jumping inside myself, guys. Because here's what we do. Again, we walk by faith, not by feelings. Numbers 25. Put it up there. Let's read this together. Or I'll read it. You don't have to read it together. We tried that last week and y'all can't read. <laughs> Remember that? There was someone over here just saying watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. So I... <laughs> I'll read. Here's what it says. While Israel lived in Shittim, the people began to whore themselves with the daughters of Moab. They invited the people to sacrifice of their gods, and people ate and bowed down to their gods. Verse 3. So Israel yoked itself or himself to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Now, now eight people, I watched you wake up when I read verse 1. <laughs> Here's what's going on, guys. They stayed in a place... They lived in, a, they settled in a place that God called them to rest. And it says that the, that the people of Baal, the, the worshipers of Moab that worship Baal, they begin to say, hey, come down, we're doing a sacrifice. It's a, it's a potluck, bring your own. Like we're going to have food and there'll be a barbecue and, and we won't drink and it's going to be a party. Just come be a part. And the Israelites were like, eh, it's just a, just a little party. It's just a little bit of Baal worship, right? Eh, it's not too, too bad. And the problem is, when we compromise a little, we lose a lot. They come to this place, they, 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 they go to Shittim and they live in Shittim, and they, they come to this place where they begin to worship and, and, and bow down to other gods. Now, I know as I read that, Pastor Scott, I know as I read that in your mind, I can see it on your face, you're thinking, I would never do that. Just like all of you, just like me. I, if you were to say, hey, we're going to go worship the devil, I'd be like, no, I'm not in. You could have laughed because that was funny and true. Like, I'm not enticed by that. Because, see, for me, the God that I fall to, the God that I bow down to, it's never Baal. But it's often Bo. And it may never be, jo it may never be Baal for Johnny, but it's often Johnny for Johnny. Or Nate for Nate. Or Scott for Scott. Or Kevin. Or Andrea. Or Mason. See, we're not so naive that we're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm just going to go. What would you do today when, you're, when you come home from school and you're like, ah, had lunch, played kickball, served some other gods. It was a good day. But the truth is, most of us, we fall on our knees for a false god every day. And that false god is called our will. It's called our desires and our emotions. He's looking at him, and he's saying, God's looking at him. He's going, quit following these false gods. Many died in their sin here. Many of the guys died in Numbers 25, and gals died in Numbers 25. Because for a lot of us, the only thing worse than not getting what we want is getting what we want. Right? He's looking at him. We're looking at the setting of scripture, guys. And here is a scary thing for a lot of us. A scary thing for a lot of us is complacency is too comfortable. And compromise is too comfortable. Right? We're like, well, this is a, this is a good place. Hey, bring me that stool, somebody. We're looking at this and we're saying, well, it's just, it's just, it's not that I don't love God. I do love God and I, I want to go to heaven, but this is just a really comfortable place. And I'm just not quite ready to leave this comfortable place. Right? And God's going, no, you're living, you're settling where I called you to rest. 
they get to this Jordan River, and Joshua speaks to the people. And he says, he, says, he uses a kind of a King James version word. And he says, consecrate yourself today, for tomorrow we cross. You know what he was saying? He says, get ready. Get your family ready. Get your heart ready. Get your mind ready. Because tomorrow, we're going to go do what God has called us to do. Right? Here's the reality. The, the promise of God is always on the other side of obedience. We're on this side in comfort. And we're watching other people living out their promise and they have joy and they're blessed and they have favor. And we're, 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 we're kind of jealous of them. We're like, well, how come I'm not blessed like Clinton? How come I don't have what Sean has? I wish I could be happy like Sean. I, Sean says he's been clean for a year and a half or two years, but he's so happy I'm not convinced. That's what you say. Right? Ain't no high like the most high. Come on, somebody. We're looking, saying, how come? And God's going, he stepped across. And on the other side of obedience is always a blessing, right? And we're on this side and we're blaming Sean and we're blaming God and we're blaming our spouse and our kids and our boss. We're blaming everybody. The whole time God's going, uh, it's you. <laughs> I had the same promise for you, but you got to step across, right? Notice again, when they got to the Jordan River in, in verse one of Joshua three, Notice what it says again. It says that they, they lodged, right? They lodged at the Jordan River, but they lived in Shittim. Just because it's calm and it's peaceful, again, doesn't mean it's always God. Because you know what else happened in, in Shittim? Micah, Micah chapter 6, verse 5. Put this up there. Oh, my people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gagal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Now, I read that real fast, but, but for those of you that don't know, there's this guy named Balaam, okay? And he was kind of a prophet, and if he blessed people, they were blessed, and if he cursed people, they were cursed. That was Balaam's life. And this king, uh, now, he wasn't necessarily of the people of God, okay? Uh, a Hebrew, not necessarily. And, and Balaam, I'm sorry, Balak, the king of Moab, came to Balaam, and he said, will you curse Israel? And Balaam said now I can't curse what God has blessed and he said we'll pay you and he said okay let's go and as he's on his way this is the story if you've been in Sunday school where the donkey began to talk to Balaam now I find it fascinating that they felt like the enemy was at peace with them and really the enemy was cursing them under their breath the enemy was lulling them to a place of comfort, lulling them to a place of complacency, and they were ready to pull the rug out from underneath them and allow the cursing of God to fall on Israel. It blows me away. He's looking at these people uh, in this setting of Scripture. God, God is looking at these people, and he's saying, no, 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 I need you to follow me. Leave a place of comfort to the place of calling. Leave the simplicity of, of, uh, of everything that looks good, this beautiful area, and come across the river into what I've called you to do. I've called you to so much more, and you're okay with less than, but there is more in store for you. This is what God is trying to tell these people, and to a point that Micah says don't forget remember what God did in your life because it's real easy for us as a people to come to a place where we no longer say I remember what you've done or it's not what have you done but it's what have you done lately that's how we are with God 
man, Micah's writing, and he says, remember when people were trying to curse you, God blessed you. Remember when people were trying to take you out because you followed him from Shittim to Gagal, which was the place right before Jericho. They camped there for just a minute before taking the land. Remember how you went from a comfortable place. Gagal was one of the spiritual God-given high places, uh, one of the places of like the tent of meeting. Remember when you left what was comfortable. You left comfortable and moved into your calling. Remember, don't forget. So when the world comes against you, when life feels like it's against you, it's okay because I am for you. Worship team can come up. I feel like there's some of us. I feel like there's some of us. You're at this place. And you can move this, Pastor JR. You're at this place and you're standing in the river and Shittim is behind you, and Jericho is in front of you, and you're looking at life and you're saying, okay, God, I understand what's going on. Now, here's the reality. Uh, Shittim was an acacia. It was, a, it was a flower grove, guys. It was a beautiful place. It was a comfortable place. And you're looking at God with your feet in the river trying to decide if you should go forward or backward. And you're saying, okay, God, but here's the reality. In front of me is an impenetrable force. In front of me is a place that I don't have what it takes to get. In front of me, I don't have the ability. I I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the strength. In front of me is nothing but a fight. And it was really comfortable in Shittim. Where I was, it was easy. And most of us in our life, we give up what we want most for what we want right now. And we start to retreat to this place of comfort. And you know what I've discovered? When I'm living short of his promise, there's still a fight. Like the times that I've been living in Shittim, when I was called to Jericho, when I was called to get Gaul, when I was called to a promise, but I was living short of the promise. Can I tell you, there was still a fight, but I was fighting for someone else's promise. I was fighting for nothing. See, a lot of us, we're in this place and we're saying, God, I love you and I'm not going to hell. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to serve you. I don't want to go to hell, but I don't know that I can go forward any longer. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And can I tell you guys, living in Shittim will not keep you out of heaven. It will not keep you from entering heaven. But living in Shittim will guarantee that heaven will never come to earth for you. See, the truth is, it's comfortable and it's easy. A lot of us are saying, but God, it looks good. Flowering trees, it looks good. It feels good. And God says, flowering trees, I have milk and honey. It looks good, but the promised land is good. Come on. The problem is you're choosing something that feels okay for a moment. And you're giving up everything he's called you to do.
do. I know it's scary. I know you don't know what it's going to look like. But I can guarantee you, as you put your feet in the Jordan River, miracles will begin to happen. As you walk across and begin to circle Jericho, the walls will come down. I can guarantee you, giants will flee the promise of God on your life. If you give up the flower, you get the honey. here standing at the edge of the Jordan and you're looking at the promise saying oh it looks good it's hard but it would be awesome and you're looking back at Shittim and you're saying but it it was so easy and so comfortable I can tell you today from the bottom of my heart I've been sent with a message I've been sent with a mandate to tell somebody it's time to get out of Shedham. It's time to leave some comfortable things in our life and advance into the callings and the anointings that God has on our life. Everybody bow your heads. Pastor Clinton's going to come up in just a second and give another altar call. But before he does, if this is you, if the Lord has been working in your spirit right now and you've been saying, God, you're, he's moving in you and you've been in this place of comfort, but you know he's pulling you to more. You've been in this place of, of, of complacency, but you know God has got a promise for you. You've been living in this acacia grove, this valley called Shittim, but you know you're called to cross the Jordan into a promise. If that's you right now, would you stand on your feet? Because I just want to declare over your life, there's more in store for you. He has more for you. He's calling you greater. He's calling you to him. There's favor. There's blessing. There's finance. Come on. Listen, if you're standing up, I want you to come to these altars right now. Because I feel as you cross the proverbial Jordan in your life, he is going to move on you. Yeah. His presence is going to fall on you right now. Yes. And as you walk and as you come and as we move I promise you the promise the calling the the hope of a future is in store for you
looking around this morning if you want to know that God has a promise for you but you don't have a relationship with him this morning and you want that God wants to extend his love to you this morning he wants to reach down and meet you have a relationship with you if that's you this morning would you just would you lift your hand this morning right where you are if anybody in the room needs to know Jesus on a personal relationship level this morning. Awesome. Father God, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you see us in the middle of comfort. You see us in the middle of what you've called us to do and where we are. And God, you are spurring us and pushing us forward at all times. God, I thank you for the word that you gave Pastor Bo today that so many of us needed to hear. God, I pray that as we hear it, God, that we would install it into our lives and it wouldn't just be a, a, a hearing practice, but God, we would put it into everyday life and we would walk across and we would face the Jordan and we would face Jericho and watch your miracles fall before us. God, I'm thankful for this church, Lord, that has a heart for you, that has a, a desire to see you move like never before. God, I know that as we keep this desire to put kingdom first, God, you're going to expand our walls. You're going to expand people that are hungry, desiring to see your move. Father, I thank you for this friendly reminder today that you're calling us to bigger, greater things. Help us not to rest and just set up camp and stay where you've only called us to rest. God, help us to, to take our breath and move forward in conquering what you've called us to. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, can we give just a round of applause and a shout to Jesus for the lives that were changed this morning?